Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about how to ditch the bitch which is turning self-sabotage into motivation. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. My aim with these podcasts is to get useful, targeted information to single mums wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hunt down experts in the subjects that matter to single mums and I ask the questions that I think you want to know the answers to. The information being shared in my free podcasts can save you time, money and a whole lot of worry. And if you have questions that are specific to your situation, my guests are always happy to go a step step further, so don't be afraid to contact them directly if you like what you're hearing. And talking of guests, it's my great pleasure to introduce today's podcast guest, Sue Lester from Growing Content. Sue, to put it bluntly, specialises in clearing head trash, which is a term I love. Um, She's an international mindset and identity specialist, author and professional speaker. In the past 10 years, she's helped hundreds of women reclaim and redesign their identity and life. Sue helps women feel successful inside and out, thereby becoming even better role models. Her legacy has become a powerful ripple-on effect across and down the generations. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, Lucy. Delighted to be here. Thank you for coming on. And um, we... Well, I didn't have a choice. You hunted me down. I did. I did hunt you down. And I was just about to say, um, it was a while ago now, because I tried to get you to come onto the podcast and chat to my single mums, and you were heading off um, on some cruises that's right tell us a little bit about what you were doing (laughs) it was a job actually I was guest speaker on a P&O cruise Indonesian explorer from Singapore through Indonesia ended in Darwin I'm sorry through Darwin and then ended in Cairns um so first cruise and yeah bit of an adventure and that's just (laughs) such an amazing job how did you learn that I'd love to know actually it just occurred to me that was a perfect example of self-sabotage almost happening in what way well, I'm a member of uh, Media Connections, so I was asked to apply for this job as uh, a lecturer on the ship, and I said, no, I don't do cruises. <laughs> and, I, and thankfully, I had a friend who's also a coach, and she kicked my butt for me that afternoon. She said, hello, isn't it you that wants to combine travel and work more? <laughs> hello? So I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And so I sent a quick email saying, just ignore that my last one, you have my application tonight. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Aren't we lucky to have good friends who can (laughs) give us such wonderful advice? And of course, it's the same the other way around. We just have a way of making the wrong decisions for ourselves and our good friends can look at us and go, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> but um, and so, what were you talking about on these cruises when you were when you were? Um, it was, was it sort of the, the same thing, or did people come in? Oh, and no, you did... Different different topics. So um, we had seven days at sea. So each of those days, I um, gave a different lecture, different topics. Brilliant. So um, I do a lot of adventure travel. That's one of my other passions. And so I combine my adventure travel stories with my mindset work. So some were about um, being caught on foot between a a, um, I was going to say gorilla, but that was a different story, between <laughs> uh, an elephant and two lions. 
um, walking across the Simpson Desert with 16 camels. Um, I did a Ditch the Bitch talk as well. Uh, well, trekking, um, letting go in the dark. So, you know, high altitude yeah. trekking with all sorts of head trash happening. So, yeah, it was good fun. I mean, you know, being paid to talk about your previous holidays. Yeah, <laughs> while you're on another one. Yeah. <laughs> Jealous not. <laughs> Look, I've got some questions for you and I am really interested in this topic myself. So I'll have to keep an eye on the clock and make sure I don't get too involved. Um, but we'll try and get as much information out there in the time that we have for the single mums who are listening in. So I'm going to start off with my first question, which is pretty basic, um, but it's very important to the topic. Can you just tell us what is self-sabotage and why do we do it? Okay, so uh, self-sabotage is when you either consciously or unconsciously stop yourself from achieving your goals, okay? And um, it can happen in different areas of your life and not necessarily your whole life. So, for example, um, in your career, you might be doing really well there, but your relationships suck because you're always choosing the wrong type of man, okay? It might be in your health, so... You tell yourself that you can't resist buying chocolate biscuits or you finish your child's meal because that's otherwise, you know, the food's going to waste. Mm, you know, when, yes. when you, you know, I'm in a healthcare care center for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That rings a bell. That's like a, that's justification, isn't it? As well. You know, you're justifying yeah, your actions. I, I'm tired. I've worked hard. So I deserve this yes. bit of toxic sugar, which tastes fabulous. And yeah, I love chocolate. Um, but you know, it's not what you actually want. Yes. Yeah. And the reason we do it uh, can be a range of things. So past programming. So we've learnt poor habits from our own parents. It can be our beliefs about ourselves, who we are, what we can and can't do. Um, it could be the labels that we've got stuck on our forehead. Um, that you know, I'm a shy person or I'm hopeless at maths, or whatever it is. And therefore, you self-sabotage, so you match the labels. Mm. Low self-worth, and of course, fear of failure, or fear of success. Yeah, so yeah, so, all of lots. those ring bells with me, every single one. Yeah. I think I need to speak to you further about this already. <laughs> You're welcome, but just know that makes you human. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that's a lovely None way of, us. of putting it. Well, none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey. Yeah. And I find it quite fascinating, these things that we do unconsciously, which can have such huge effect on our lives. And we'll go further into why we do it. Um, But isn't it amazing that we can actually cause ourselves problems and we don't realize that we've done it because we've done it unconsciously? And part of it, it can be just matching that internal image of ourselves because we all like to be right. You know, at the basic level, we want to be right. So if we're programmed to believe we're this type of person. And that's something that we have to be really careful with with our own kids. And I can remember somewhere along the line, my kids are 11 and 14 now, so somewhere through the years with the millions of bits of advice that you get as a parent, um, occasionally things do stick and you, you remember them and they, you know, you, you work with them. And one of the things I was told is don't, don't label or box your kids because they feel they have to live up to it. So my youngest is, she's funny. She is just naturally really funny. Um, but 
I worry that she feels she has to be funny. She has to be the entertainer because she's now been labelled as that. So now I try not to go on about how funny she is as much. And because yeah. later on that could, you know, it could cause a little bit of an issue for her, couldn't it? Possibly. I mean, some people are naturally funny. So many comedians aren't. They use, um, use humour as a way of covering up their low self-esteem. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's a protective mechanism. It is, yeah. And, and I, 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 I remember using that at high school. Yeah, you know, girls, you know, in their packs get bitchy and I could use humour to get myself back into the, the good books. Yeah, exactly. And I do, I, I do the same um, and I can remember doing the same. But sometimes you, think you don't have to be the entertainer. You can just sit back yes. and be something else because... You're not one thing. You're a mixture of all these different things and you should just behave how you feel. Um, Absolutely. It's so important, isn't it? Because they grow up with that label or perhaps of being the... I've got a young teenager, so she is... I try really hard not to say that she's lazy, but she Uh, is because if you say it, she she might be it. (laughs) And is she lazy or does she just have different values to you? Well, that's so true. Well, she she has teenage values. <laughs> yes, exactly. So cleaning up rooms, doing housework, you know, it's not that she's lazy. She just doesn't value it the same way you do. And if you start telling them that they're lazy, then they might start becoming lazy because they feel well, that's how they've been labelled. Well, you know, that's what they think of me. So I'm just going to be it anyway. Exactly. Mum's always right. So, yeah, she's always. told me lazy. What will a lazy person do at this point? Oh, yeah, I know. Nothing. <laughs> Look nothing at my phone. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nothing that my mum wants you to do. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So tell me, how do we stop self-sabotaging, i.e. how do we ditch the bitch and start motivating ourselves instead? Okay, so number one step is awareness because if you're not aware of it, you can't change it. So... Um, for example, if you look at an area of your life where you're not getting the results you want, just have a think about, well, what, what are you actually doing or saying to yourself instead of the, the positive things? So, for example, with health, what are you saying to yourself when you're about to eat that chocolate biscuit? Um, is it, are you saying no for other people? For example, um, if there's you want to change careers or you want to step up in your current role, Um, and you're saying no to yourself, I won't bother applying for that because I won't get it anyway. So it's being aware of the self-talk because what you're aware of you can change and then you can make conscious choices, check in with yourself. Um, Also be aware if you're time travelling. I don't know if you realise you've actually got a little TARDIS in our brain. Do you know that? I had no idea. Tell me more. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> jump, we jump into our little TARDIS and we go back to the past. Um, different versions of the past, you might have noticed that you can do that and you can relive things. Or you can go to a parallel universe where things are different. Do you mean with our memories? In our minds, yeah. That's our little t- TARDIS. We do that. We also travel out in the future. And we might go to a scary version of the future mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or we might go to a pleasant version of the future. So it's being aware that none of that's real. The past is gone, doesn't exist except in your head. 
Um, and even that version that you remember isn't exactly how it was at the time. And that's a whole conversation in itself. Um, and the future isn't here yet either. So being aware when you're telling yourself scary what-if stories, you know, mm. what if they say no, what if I fail, what if I stuff up my kids' lives, all of that, um, is not real. But the more you tell yourself scary what-if stories, the more your fear builds up and that becomes anxiety. And if you're really good at it, you'll have a panic attack. <laughs> well, <laughs> Some overachievers out there. And, and isn't it crazy because it sounds to me as if what you're saying is that you can have a decision to make in the current day, but you use your, you time travel to the past and you use your memories from there to create a future, <laughs> which is perhaps not going to happen. So you make, you're making decisions based on your past and your future and not on your present. Well, exactly. Well, see the present, like right here, right now, this moment is the only moment in your life that's real. So what you choose to do, say, think, the meaning you give to what's happening right here, right now, that's what creates your future. Mm. But, but it's quite natural, though, isn't it, to draw on our past experiences to decision-make in the current day? Yes, perfectly. The danger is when you've had a negative past and you believe that's who you are and that's who you will always be. Yes, and or believing that, well, it, that didn't work last time, so I better not do it again because it might not work again without giving yourself permission to learn and grow and do things differently. Yes, and perhaps learning from it rather than shying yes. away from it. Exactly, um, or blaming other people. You know, that terrible thing happened, so therefore um, my life sucks and therefore I can't do anything in the future because it will suck too. Yeah, And keeping yourself stuck in that way. And I, you look back, don't you, and you see things how you want to see them. And especially as single mums who have all been through um, probably quite a large breakup, mm -hmm. when you argue with your partner or you argue with anybody, you're just seeing things that have happened in a different perspective from each other. And you could argue constantly and never agree because you've perceived a situation that has happened differently exactly and that's your own perception of it which could be the wrong one so how do you stop having that bad perception of the past if that is your perception of it okay so just know that every time you remember something negative in the past your body doesn't know that you're just remembering it, it relives it for you mm. so your body feels the tension the anger the sadness the fear it feels it mm. Okay. So every time you wallow in the past or relive arguments or whatever, you're doing harm to yourself physically. Okay, And then that's setting you up for sickness and, and all sorts of things and getting yourself stuck. Yes. So just know that the past is past. Each moment is new. So you can reinvent yourself if you wish. And, yes, you might need help to do that, absolutely, but that's fine. You're allowed to ask for help. But it's knowing that the past doesn't exist anymore and by reliving the past, you're actually mucking up your present and stuffing up your future. And they're highly technical terms, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they make sense. That's the most important thing, I think. Well, and I've been through divorce myself and I know it can be really easy to be so caught up in the, the pain of things that you want to punish people and, you know, the... Um, 
the injustice and everything just swirls around mm. into this big toxic thing. But you're not hurting anyone apart from yourself. Exactly so, right. Yeah, it's time to move on, isn't it? Look forward instead of backwards. Exactly. And whether it was your choice or not to to end the relationship doesn't matter. It, it's finished. So it's happened. It's, it's in the, the past. rest of your life. Yeah. So you know, it's not worth inflicting pain on yourself for the rest of your life because it. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. And one example that's um, for kids as well, because obviously everyone um, listening has got children and um, I like to use my own experiences, but my youngest daughter a few years ago, so when she was about eight or nine, had some anxiety, I would call it, because I never really did know what it was. Um, And she couldn't sleep and she used to feel sick in the evenings and couldn't eat her dinner and then she couldn't sleep and it just got worse and worse and Mm. of course as a mum I tried so many different things it was crazy and the one thing that really brought it to a head and then eventually got me the solution that I needed is really linked to what you're saying about how we perceive the past and one of the things she said to me was I hate my life I, I, I really don't like my life it's horrible and I tried to get a little bit more information from her. And what, what was happening, I managed to work out, was she was looking at her life when me and her dad were together. And she was seeing it as an amazing thing. She mm. was looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. And in fact, it wasn't because there was lots of arguing and lots of moving houses and mm. things weren't great. But she decided to see it as a really good, good place. And because it was amazing and all of her memories in her mind were just perfect, when she compared that to her current day reality, it was lacking. Yes. And so what I did was I got a memory jar for her and with my eldest daughter as well, all three of us used it. And every time something fun, even a small thing, or we had a piece of cake that we liked, we'd write it down on a bit of paper and put it into the memory jar. And at the end of the week when she went back to her dad's, we would pour out the jar, sit around the table and read out all the memories. So she could see that, in fact, her current life was pretty good. She did this, Mm. she did that. All these funny and good things happened to her. But it's interesting because she, I guess that even at that tender age, that is self-sabotage, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And because, and then using that, well, you know, that happy, perfect life doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, and it'll never exist again. That self sabotage, and sorry, and memories change. And exactly that example with your daughter, we do it all the time because mm. it depends how we feel when we remember something. Yeah, and that's right. the reason. And I'm sure your listeners have experienced. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world who's done this. You leave a relationship, and then you might start feeling sad and lonely, and suddenly the relationship not so bad, and you go yeah. back. And yeah. you get there and you go, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah. And then you have to go through all that tearing and leaving again. Yeah. But, you know, it's understanding it's not real anymore. Yeah, like, so true. So true. You, you, put, mm-hmm. you put aside all the bad things, don't you? They, they, like, it's like giving birth. You don't <laughs> you forget how, <laughs> how horrendous it is. A little bit, you know, a year or so later, you forget and you have another one. <laughs> <laughs> you're focusing on the good things you know, exactly, the beautiful exactly. Um, so your first book Sue it's uh, called The Face Within How to Change Your Subconscious Blue Print which is uh, 
a great name. Can you briefly explain what an unconscious blueprint is and what impact that has on us? Absolutely. And I just realised I didn't answer the last part of your last question because we oh, got oh. sidetracked. Yeah, we got we did. Sorry. I'm terrible <laughs> for that. Me. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I do the same. But um, I just happen to have a um, – yeah, it just reminded me. You asked me – so we talked about how we ditch the bitch, but how do we start motivating Motivating, yes. So the ditching is the awareness, conscious choices, the time traveling, um, getting expert assistance if you need, so someone like myself to help you shed that emotional baggage, clear your head trash, reprogram your thoughts and behavior. Um, but having done that, you need clear goals. So you need a clear goal in the future, what you're aiming for. Self-love and empowering self-talk because you can talk yourself into or out of anything. Mm. No, because we create our reality based on what we tell ourselves about what's happening. So that's self-talk. And um, I've often asked about positive affirmations. So it's not about purely positive thinking because you drive yourself mad trying to be positive all the time because it's not natural. You know, life is, uh, um, nature wants um, equilibrium, so neutral rather than a big high or a big low. Um yeah, stuff happens on a day-to-day basis. You can't be positive and happy all the time. Um, affirmations, you have to be really careful um, if you're into that about what wording you use because if you say to yourself, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm slim, rich and beautiful and the voice says, no, you're not. You're <laughs> fat, ugly and poor as anything. <laughs> That's not how the magic mirror works, surely. <laughs> <laughs> it, it um, no, it's the fairy stories. Um, so if your um, internal dialogue comes back and slaps you around the chops for saying that, you're actually doing more harm than good with your positive affirmation. So you want an affirmation that um, is plausible, realistic, and, yeah, realistic, and moves you forward. So what would be if what would be the alternative then to the one that you just gave us an example of? I'm in control of my life. I make healthy choices every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, like all goals as well, they, if they're attainable, yeah. they need to be attainable, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and another one is, a shorter one is my life, my choice. Yes. So, and with the implication that you're using a choice for good, not evil. Yes. So <laughs> it's not shoving down that whole packet of tin tams because it's my life, my choice. <laughs> Yes, but, you know, ideally you want a bit of self-love there and healthy body, healthy mind moving forward. Yeah. For yourself as well as for kids. Okay, so I think the answer is It does, yeah, thank you. And then the next one about um, my first book, To Face Within, How to Change Your Unconscious Blueprint. Um, It's a DIY, uh, I won't use the word self-help because I don't like self-help. I don't know about you, but I've got a book full of... A bookshelf full of self-help books, mm. and they're a bit like home waxing, you know, <laughs> painful, messy, and not really effective. So and you feel really annoyed that you've wasted all your time reading it. <laughs> some of them, yeah, um, but they were great inspiration to make sure that when I wrote mine, it's so. Um, and now I've lost. <laughs> I'm talking about egg waxing. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's 
better than talking about bikini waxing. Right, <laughs> um, so it really brings tears to your eyes. <laughs> it does. So it's a self-change book. So I've written it with the busy, overstretched woman in mind. So easy to read and apply. So your unconscious blueprint is your internal image of yourself. Um, and that could be empowering or disempowering. It can be your chronological age or it can be um, much, much younger. So, for example, I've worked with um, clients who are 46 and they've got an unconscious blueprint of themselves as a 14-year-old, a 6-year-old. So if you think of um, – how can I do it? Okay, so we've got a, a conscious and an unconscious mind. So um, if you think of the conscious mind as the captain on board your ship of life, mm-hmm. and below deck uh, is your unconscious or subconscious mind, and then your crew. Mm-hmm. So if your captain and your crew aren't communicating effectively, your ship's not going to sail smoothly. It's going to zigzag, mm-hmm. stall, turn around, go backwards. All right. So your unconscious blueprint is the specifications manual and map that your crew are using to make decisions mm-hmm. about navigating through your life. So if it's the up-to-date version, that's fine. Um, if, it's the, if it's version 14, when it should be version 40, well, then your crew are going to be making very different decisions on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Is that making sense? Because, you know... But how, how can you get your captain to take control of your crew? Um. It's not about your captain taking control, actually, because the power is actually the engine, you know, the crew running mm. the show. It's more the captain learning to get out of the way as necessary and, you know, bring in conscious awareness but communicating effectively. Right. So it's not the captain running the show. It's working together as a team. Yes, yeah. So it, you need that, that um, link between the subconscious and the conscious, don't you, for it so to be in- working? Exactly. So um, in my book, I explain how to identify your own unconscious blueprint to work out whether it's empowering or disempowering. Um, And in Chapter 13, how to actually change it. I wrote up a process that you can do yourselves to to shift. Now, we also have unconscious blueprints of other people. So, um, and I see this a lot with um, older clients who have traveled with their, their children, their adult children. Um, because inside they see their children as children when they were small and dependent, um, not, you know, not allowing their child to grow up. For example, um, a client I'm working with at the moment, she's having terrible trouble with a, her adult son, and he's late 20s, but he's so used to mum handing over the money, he just spends it, and then he puts his hand out for more. So inside, she still sees him as that little dependent person. Mm. Um, so our next, we'll be updating her unconscious blueprint of him to bring him up to the man, and then she'll start treating him more like a man, and he'll just have to suck it up and take responsibility for being an adult. Yeah, and I suppose that can work as well the other way, can't it? And with your older parents, you still... You, you always imagine your own parents to be these capable, wonderful people who have brought you through yeah. life. And that's why it can be quite hard to accept that they're getting old and mm. they're not as capable and they're not as able to protect and care for you as they were before. And in fact, 
you've got to reverse the roles a bit and Mm -hmm. that's perhaps why it is so hard because of the blueprint which has been there since birth Mm. and they blueprints can change i mean we can do it manually as such um adjust and they will change um with circumstances so if you um do a lot of personal development um, on yourself, well, then your unconscious blueprint changes as a consequence of that. I've certainly seen that with hundreds of clients I've worked with since I discovered this. Um, that's one of the first things I do is check out someone's unconscious blueprint of themselves and any significant relationships in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you'll know if yours is potentially disempowering if you feel less than confident, if you um, catch yourself acting like a kid, fighting back with the kids, you know, so tis, isn't, tis, isn't, you know. You started sort of it. Thing. Yeah, exactly. So if you're doing that, um, uh, if um, you're potentially overweight and you've done every diet in the book and still not working, it might be in your, the answers in your unconscious blueprint. So you, it's about digging deep, isn't it, and finding answers within you deep within you that aren't sitting on the surface and easy to to work out yeah, all the answers are inside it's just yeah. a matter of having the tools to communicate with the internal you to find out what's actually happening what's going on and then making those adjustments in a, a safe way that doesn't involve any reliving of trauma or anything like that yes. um, if you've got someone in your life who you're intimidated by or you're dismissive of well, chances are your unconscious blueprint of them either disempowers you or disempowers them. Yes. Yeah, and that's a really relevant one for single mums as well, I think. Oh, yes, definitely, especially if they've got um, a bullying or abusive ex-partner. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. And, yes, because chances are the unconscious blueprint inside of that person is, of you know, the monster variety. Yes. Whereas really he's um, pathetic bully who's insecure and he has to, you know, beat women up to make himself feel better. Mm. But shifting your blueprint changes your energy and changes how you show up in the world. Um, so, you know, your posture changes, your whole attitude to someone shifts when we change that. So it's quite an empowering um, process. It would be, and for everybody in our fast-paced world, it's difficult to dig deep sometimes because we don't have time, but for single mums especially who are particularly time poor, we just don't have a chance to stop and dig deep to find answers. We just keep going. And one of the modules, well, the first module in my course that I do for single mums is Um, called the face in the mirror so it's just about looking in the mirror and saying who am I because we don't have a chance to realize how much we've changed and what different strengths we've got what abilities we've got because we've changed so much but we don't even notice it because we don't have time to stop and think about it and I think that so many problems could be solved by knowing what your blueprint is and changing it but we, we just don't. We, we stick on the surface level, don't we? Because that's all we have time for. And, and being careful of your um, self-talk. Because if you tell yourself you don't have time, you won't. Mm, or you don't have money. Or you don't have money. But, I mean, to find out, the book's not very expensive. $25 online. Yeah. Well, or cheaper if you do it through Kindle. 
Ah, oh, yes, Kindle's amazing. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd laugh because I, um, when I work, I have, there's a really good coffee machine at work with a frothing machine, you know, with the full mm. works. And every time I go in, this is for years, I go to make a coffee and I think, oh, I can't make coffee. I just can't make yes. coffee. And I never do make a good coffee because I've See, been learning. <laughs> so I never do. So I decided this morning after I made my crap coffee... <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to go in and think I can make coffee I'm actually getting better at this <laughs> you know, I'm okay at this and hopefully it'll come out better <laughs> particularly if you do take a few moments to do a quick google on YouTube <laughs> making a great coffee exactly. and learn. well that many people have shown me how to do it and I still can't wangle it it's obviously not my calling <laughs> or you weren't listening to them because the voice in your head was saying, I can't make good coffee, I can't make coffee, I can't make coffee. Yeah. And that drowned out whatever they were saying. That is what I say to myself every day. I mean, what a negative right. thing to do during a good part of the day. My coffee time, I'm ruining it with my negative self-talk and we all do it, don't we? It's because you like being right. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes anyway tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure everybody will be waiting with bated breath. <laughs> we'll move on um, to the next question. So a real worry for single mums and one that I have regularly um, is the effect that our actions and thoughts have on our children. How would you suggest we ne um, avoid negatively programming them? Okay, so we've already touched on one and that's mm. labelling. So being really aware when you're talking about your child to someone else, make sure they're not within hearing distance unless you're praising them up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I've seen it so often where someone will say, oh, he just can't stand still or he just can't sit still, which gives the child permission to run right. And you bet that if he's totally engrossed in a, a game or a, um, a TV show or something, absolutely he's sitting still. Mm. It's that value thing again. Yeah, and um, labelling, labelling. Yeah, yeah that labelling. Um, won't eat anything green, shy, no good at this mm, or lazy. whatever. <laughs> lazy, yeah, it's, it's, it's not true. They're just labels. Yeah. Um, and if someone sticks a label on your head, and particularly, you know, in that zero to seven years old, the imprint period where they don't know, they're just taking their cues from you, then, yeah, absolutely, that label can be quite strong. Mm. Um, so it's being aware of what you're saying when they're within hearing. Mm -hmm. okay? um, and part of that's being um, overprotective. And I know, you know, if you've had a preemie baby or you've really battled to conceive in the first place, then your babies are even super special, even more super special than they are normally. The danger with being overprotective, though, is that the message that your child gets at both the conscious and the unconscious level is you don't believe in them, mm. you don't trust them, they're not capable. And so what happens is they stop trying and stretching themselves and then they won't do anything until they're absolutely sure that they will succeed. And we, we don't know that. So then anxiety builds up and you get anxious kids. And then anxious kids then become vulnerable to bullying. So, you know, there's lots of things happening. So it's, it's allowing your kids to fall over and hurt themselves. Mm. It's allowing them to stretch and try and get dirty. And, you know, kids like walking along a fence. So rather than saying, don't fall, 
it's, you know, oh, look at you. Focus on where you want to go because that's the secret to walking along the fence. You don't look down. You, you focus on the end of the fence, where you're going. Yeah. So it's being careful about that sort of thing without driving yourself mad or beating yourself up for being a neurotic, um, guilty mum. Because, you know, you just do the best you can. But what you're aware of, you can make adjustments for. Um, There's a distinction, too, between actions and the person. So the child's not bad. The behaviour is bad because of X, Y, Z. So, and I mean, that can be hard to do when you're stressed and tired and frustrated. Um, but it's being careful about that sort of language as well. Yes, just choose your words carefully because they can be yes. quite hurtful, can't they, without, without you meaning them to be. Yeah, exactly. So it's when things calm down, then just review it. And even if that's going to be painful, just check in with yourself. Okay, so next time that happens, what word can I, what can I say differently that is less harmful to both of us? Because, you know, you can say you sorry. Know, you can be nasty. Say, you yeah, of course you can. Yeah, and you can say sorry to your kids as well. And it, I just put something on my um, Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine, you know, that I'd had an adult tantrum and I felt terrible afterwards. But I said sorry and I yes. cuddled my kids. And that's not such a bad thing. They see you're normal and they see that you can say sorry to them. Mm, um, and exactly. that's, that's good for them to see that, I think. As long, absolutely, and it's being careful that sorry isn't an excuse for mm. to continue yeah. doing <laughs> until next time. Yeah, a, a bit like your ex. You know yes. how he used to yeah. say sorry, won't happen again, and you know, and they did. Mm. So you know, <laughs> you know, you could learn lessons from from him, or whether it was an ex, her, whatever. Yeah. Um, what else? Ah, um, oh, being really clear on the role you're playing. Now, I've heard people talk about they want to be their kid's best friend. Um, no. No, their best friends come and go through life depending on how their values shift and their interests change. You want to be there the whole, you know. Mm. Um, so, and kids need a mum. They need a strong mum. They don't need another best friend. Um, so it's being clear what a mum is. And if you've got your own mother was less than what you wanted, well, you know, you can learn from that and do things differently. But mums set boundaries. Mums are a safe space. Mums unconditional love. Mums um, aren't going to go with you and peer through the window in the girl's toilet to peek on them. You know, mm, there's a difference, isn't there? There's, there's, there's a difference, you know? I, yeah, I, I think that's a really important point as well for the audience that we've got because they're with co-parenting, there can be a level of competition in co-parenting mm -hmm. and between mum and dad. And in order to get the upper hand, the parent does can step in and try to be best friend yeah. um, instead of parent. Um, because one parent is always slightly more boring or fun than the mm. other. So, you know, something really to think about in a co-parenting relationship that you are mum still, and the more yeah. mum-like you can be, the better. And the same for single mums who are parenting alone. 
hats hat off to them. I always say it because I'm a co-parent and I think these mothers who look after their children 100% of the time are absolutely incredible. Um, but they have to pull on every resource around them. You know, they have so much that they have to do and they have the worry that dad's not around. So they might step up and try to be best friend as well as mum in that situation as well. But the best thing they can do is stick to just being mum is what you're saying. Yes, and it's important that kids have um, role models across all genders and all ages. So the more contact you have with other people, so if you're um, a single mum and dad's not around, and chances are that's a very good thing. You know, you don't want a negative role model. You don't want, you know, him um, modelling abusive behaviour to your, your son and your daughter so you know sometimes absence is fabulous that's where they should be but then it's finding other male good male role models and whether it's through sporting clubs or whether it's through friends or family members that can step in and do that rough and tumble play with the boys because they just need to. <laughs> something about that punching wrestling <laughs> rough play that's just they just have to do it they do they need to do it um so and if there aren't any sign them up to a um, martial arts class or something, yeah. you know, or football or, you know. So it's being aware of that you don't have to be all things because you can't. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. you bust a board trying to be something that you're not. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it's, I love that saying, actually, because <laughs> it's so but, true, isn't it, in yeah. many ways. <laughs> But, the, I mean, there's mums that, well, there'll be people listening who don't have close family members, so they don't have that instant village. Mm. So then it's, like, it takes more energy and effort to actually go out and um, pull up your big girl britches and, and find some connections in the community. Yeah. That's that's like you say, put them into a, a class or something um, where they can do the things that they love and find the role, role models that they need. And I do believe that people come to us in our life at the times when we need them. So hopefully they'll get, um, you know, as long as you work on a, a bit of a support system around your child, mm. uh, it will benefit them. Yes. Because, um, I mean, when I was growing up, we used to run wild in the neighbourhood. So, you know, but kids don't do that anymore. So it's a, a different different world from that perspective in a lot of neighbourhoods. Yeah. Which- uh, Another conversation altogether, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so um, being really careful that you don't overcompensate and you don't end up buying your child's love by trying to be the very best parent out of the two mm. in that competition thing. Um, kids will see through it and they won't respect you. Um, and you're basically just teaching them to play parents off against mm. each other. Been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. They get, they get really good at it. <laughs> they do. They're very good at it. And um, it's not a good lesson to teach them. You, you have to try, if you can, to pull together as a team. Because mm. even if you and your ex have different values about what's important in your lives now, if you can have shared values when it comes to the kids and that's consistent, I mean, that's the ideal. It's a really important thing, isn't it? And it's something that I've just... I've had a pretty turbulent relationship with my um, with my ex, but we've just started pulling together now that my eldest is reaching her teenage years. So it's funny what does pull you together and what does make you a team again. 
because mm. it's quite hard work now. So we well, have to go together. Are scary. <laughs> they are scary. Oh my god! Where did my little girl go? Lovely, but scary. <laughs> there is a book I haven't read it, but um, it was recommended. Um, what's it called? Princess Bitchface. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yes, mm. and it's a, apparently very good for men to read, to, so they understand where the little princess has gone. Mm, yeah. How to deal with her replacement? Yeah, that's a great one. I might have a look. I might look that one up, and I should. It was Father's Day. I could have got that for for them to give <laughs> Father's Day well, present. But later, <laughs> you, you can say blame the post. You know, yeah, it's meant yes. to be here. You know, <laughs> that would be a lie. So you wouldn't do that. But you know, yeah. well, no, I wouldn't really do that. <laughs> look, I'll move on to our final question because I'm just keeping an eye on the, the clock so we have lots of single mums listening who are now raring to ditch the bitch um, and I like to always leave them with something after these podcasts to go away and do so what are three actions that they can take right now the minute they finish this podcast to get started okay so self-awareness so just know there's no such thing as a perfect mum they don't exist um, you just be the best you you can be and the more happy and fulfilled you are more lovingly patient you'll be and the better off the kids are so that's self-awareness and gentle correction don't be a bitch to yourself beating yourself up you know if you notice yourself doing something that saying something that you know just gently notice and think oh well next time I'll say this instead mm, yeah. rather than push it away um, I've already mentioned my book The Face Within cheapest way to get it is from kindle but if you want a hard copy it's on my website growingcontent.com.au also on my website so that's the second one the book and that's you, yourself <laughs> the, the waxing that works yes <laughs> um, also on there is um a gift for you it's your it's secrets to having a um Okay, turning conflict and chaos into calm. So it's all about love strategies. So it explains to you why one of your kids wants to talk your ear off, why one's attached to you like a little limpet, um, and why some discipline methods don't work with one child, yet they'll work beautifully with another. So it's short and powerful, and it's free for you. It's called Win Win Loving, so that's also available on the front page of my website. Um, and you'll also get my monthly um, mindset tips and news and, and bits and pieces. Thank um, you so much. I'll be heading so, over yeah. there shortly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So be kind to yourself. I guess yeah. is you know you're doing <laughs> you're working miracles. Yeah, we are. are. We just need to look around, and that's what I say to the single mums. Look around, look at what you're doing, look at what you've done, the, the food on the table, the roof above your head, your kids' clothes, your clothes. You've provided all of that. You're so amazing. You haven't killed them yet. No, exactly. So. <laughs> Always <It's> good. <laughs> doing well. But look, we're going to have to wind up our chat there. Um, I'm sure that lots of single mums listening, myself included, um, will be heading over to your website. And um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, what's next for you? What's next for me? Oh, goodness. Um, I've got some online programs coming up. Um, I just need to finish off and, and get them, them loaded up. 
um, more speaking gigs and of course my one-on-one coaching work because I absolutely love that it's my head trash clearing yeah um, and I do that by Skype or Zoom, which is a video platform. So I've got clients across Australia and internationally. So it doesn't matter where you live. Um, actually, on my website too, the same place where you'll find the, the free ebook, there's a little thing you can click on and book a free 15-minute session if you want to take advantage of that and want to have a chat about anything. Oh, that's really great. And the best bit about that is you can do it in your pyjamas, can't you? I do well, love Skype. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've talked about today makes so much sense to me Um, in fact I can almost feel the penny dropping on so many of my own self-sabotage actions many of which I wouldn't have considered as self-sabotage until about half an hour ago so it's all quite mad and very clever stuff so thank you Sue for taking the time for this fascinating chat um, and thank Can you. I just, uh, just yeah, one of course. more, kind quick, when that, those self-awareness comes through, just write them down and just with awareness, not criticising, because if you start criticising and beating yourself up for being aware, they'll stop. Yes. <laughs> but just, you know, it's good that you're aware, because what you're aware of, you can change. Yeah, and make a note of it. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So I'm just going to say thank you to my single mums as ever for listening. Are you guilty of self-sabotage? Do you have an inner bitch who is causing havoc in your life? Well, it's time to ditch her, get motivated and move on. Until next time, ladies. Goodbye. <laughs>